Apparently, I'm falling apart again. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. I'm a botherina. What's up, everybody? Tyra Vera here, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. Okay, so I got a couple new tattoos. They were over the last two weeks and apparently some people think that that means I'm falling apart in some way. Nothing could be further from the truth, doll. But we're gonna get to that. What you need to know first off is this episode is sponsored by Carla's Homemade Salsa. I absolutely love Carla's Homemade Salsa. I love Carla. They are going to be having a party tomorrow, which will already be done by the time this airs probably because I'm weird about talking about stuff like that because sometimes I feel like some people don't get invited to some of the stuff that I get invited to and then they feel left out and then they'll like maybe go confront people but good luck confronting Carla and Butch on that I doubt they're really gonna listen to you I also got my hair braided which also made people think that I like there's so many things that happen with me We'll just jump into it right now. This episode also, again, like every other episode, though, is not sponsored by Whimsy's Alligators. Bijou's not even having a Whimsy right now. She seems completely unbothered herself by the fact that she's not having Whimsy. And, you know, it's not something we're going to push right now, even though she has been having Whimsies more often lately. But I want to really talk about what's going on with me and kind of the perceptions that some people have about what's going on with my mental state right now, which is a bit silly to me that anybody has any kind of opinions about that because I really don't talk to anybody outside of AJ Rivera. And I still talk to the, the boy will no longer be referred to as the boy. He'll be referred to as Marty from here on out. We are actually having a good professional relationship because I don't know if I mentioned this on the last episode, but he's a very talented photographer and graphic designer. So I had always, even when we were like seeing each other, wanted him to do pictures for me. And that's something that we talked about. And he did some pictures for me. He did really good pictures of me. So I have been looking for a photographer for several months now. There's one guy that I was going to use, but the problem with him, and this isn't to be discriminatory or anything, but the problem with him is that he's straight. And I don't mind working with the straight photographer, but I want to do some stuff that is definitely on the sexier side. And for that, I do need a gay man. I need somebody that actually has that eye because I've shot with straight guys before. I've shot with straight guys before for sure. Um, even though straight guys aren't my thing, but that pun was unintended, but it's also true. But uh, we're not going to get sidetracked into my sex life or things that I've done. But the thing is, when it comes to shooting with straight guys, a lot of times they aren't able to capture what it is you want because they're going to get uncomfortable or awkward with certain things. And I, you know, have already told Marty what it is I want to do. And he's cool with it, obviously. We were actual boyfriends, so like he's seen me completely naked or I'm not trying to be weird or tawdry right now, but you know how relationships work. So, you know, we've spent like days together, so... He's completely comfortable with me. I'm completely comfortable with him. I know I can trust him. I also like the work that he does. Like, that's the main thing to do with this whole situation. And just like I've said in other situations where it's come to me and people that have been less than professional after we've had any kind of falling out or whatever, I can put all personal feelings aside to just be professional with somebody. If somebody is able to do something that I need done and I'm able to pay them to do that particular job, then I can completely put aside 
aside any kind of breakup feelings or anything like that. And I don't really know that there should be a lot of breakup feelings because we lasted for about a month. That is the reality of how long we lasted. So yeah, it did break my heart to a certain degree because I was very into him. The way that it finally played out because we lasted another week, week and a half after Thanksgiving. And then it did just fall apart. But it was because I was high. I was still smoking weed. And smoking weed does not work for me. And whenever I say this, a bunch of people will jump in the comments or start talking on the thread and be like, I really love weed. Re weed's so great. And it's like, yeah, it's great for you. That's fine. Just like alcohol is fine for a lot of people, but at some people, it's really not good for them. And with me, weed just doesn't agree with my mental. Like, people want to talk about me breaking down. That's the funny thing about when people have these conversations about my mental state is when I'm breaking down, nobody notices. Everybody thinks I'm being normal. When I'm breaking down is when I'm smoking weed, when I'm doing stuff that I'm not supposed to be doing because, yeah, that may be cool for other people, but it just doesn't work for me. And so I work best 100% sober. That's what it is. And right now I'm 100% sober. And when me and Marty were getting into it and stuff like that, I told him, I was like, look, if you just give me a couple of days and let me just sober up, we'll be completely fine. And he didn't want to do that. And I don't blame him for that because it's not his job to put up with anything that I'm going through. I don't feel like that about relationships. Like, yeah, after you get married, then you're supposed to thick and thin, sickness, health, all that shit. But when you're just dating somebody, if you decide it's too much for you to put up with, then don't put up with it. I tell my friends that all the time, like male and female. I tell them, like, you know, if your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever is too much for you and you feel like the relationship isn't working for you, then get out of it. So I'm not going to have a different standard when it comes to him and be like, oh, you should put up with me. Did I want him to put up with me for a little longer? Yeah, probably. But also... What were our odds as it stands? Because as I've discussed before, I can't afford to bring him here right now and just say everything's going to be taken care of and just hang out here with me until you find a job or you figure out. Because, you know, and that's the thing, like in Vegas or in Reno, he already has a job. He already has started his career. So to drop what he's doing and come be with me when I can't say that I can 100% support you and I 100% have your back in that way because I would have his back as much as I could and I would try my best to take care of him. But the reality is I just moved. My car got wrecked. There's a lot of stuff going on right now that I don't really talk about publicly and it is what it is. So how long are we going to last being long distance indefinitely? And so if we can have a professional relationship and he can do what it is I need to get done, and then, like I said, I can pay him, then I don't see why we wouldn't both take advantage of that. And even though he has baggage and I have baggage, I still think he's a really great person. You know, I still like the person that I was hanging out with. I didn't like certain things I saw, but he didn't like certain things he saw from me. And that's what people don't get about me in situations like, not just with dating, but also with any kind of time I've had any kind of falling out with people, it's like I can see past just the bad parts. Like I'm not a person who's caught up in now you're just a terrible person. 
And I think that's why people like to vilify me is because some people do see things that way, you know, because I've said things they don't like or whatever, or even talked about them in different instances. They hold on to that. And it's really not about my words. It's about their egos. People's egos get hurt. And I don't have an ego like that, even though people always accuse me of that. I really don't have an ego like that. People talk about me all the time and I'm like, well, you know, whatever. It may be a little annoying sometimes or I wouldn't even describe it as annoying. It's more surprising how off people are when they talk about me. How it's like, yeah, that's nothing like what my life is right now. That's nothing like what's going on for me. But it gets painted as what's going on. Like, I knew that I had to work out like a crazy person in order to be ready for this shoot that I want to do. And so my hair, if you guys aren't familiar, like it, there's times when you guys see it where it looks messed up. And that's already having been flat ironed from the night before. And yeah, maybe I went to the gym and sweat a bit. But that's not like ground zero of how messed up my hair will get. And that's what people don't understand. So I can't just take a shower, run out of the door with my hair wet, or even just throw in a little bit of gel. My hair is a full-on production. And so... I needed it to be out of my way. I was starting to be late to everything because, you know, my hair wasn't done and I needed to do something about my hair and I'm going to the gym. And right now I am doing two hours of cardio and then I'm doing about an hour and a half, two hours of weights and weights includes abs too. So that ends up being about two hours. So do the math on that. That's like four hours at the gym. So after I spend four hours at the gym, yeah, I don't mind taking a shower, but I don't want to have to full on do my hair. And there are certain things I have to do to make sure that this doesn't smell and stays clean. But that's a lot easier than actually washing my hair, drying it, flat ironing it, then curling it or using the flat iron to give it some sort of shape so it's just not flat. And so... I just was like, okay, well, there's a there's a thing I can do for this because I braided my hair two or three times before. And at least this time, nobody hit me with cultural appropriation, which is one thing that happened one time. And it was the most ridiculous thing ever, because if you know anything about me getting my hair done like this, I always go to black people to do it. I always go to black women to do it. So some people may call it cultural appropriation. I call it breaking off this bitch a couple dollars. And I don't know any woman that I've ever paid to do my hair that's felt like this is cultural appropriation. They're like, no, I got to make this bread. And so I really can't say that I'm overly concerned. I mean, like I know some of the things that people have said about me because as I've said before, People have big mouths and their friends aren't really as much their friends as sometimes they think they are because everything gets back to me. And if you had real friends, I wouldn't end up hearing everything that people are saying about me. People think that me getting tattoos on my face are a thing. And let me tell you a quick story about getting my hair done and like how... I refuse to take anything as a loss. Everything's like a good experience in my opinion. And it's because I can always see where the blessing was in pretty much everything. Even the bad things that happened to me, like quote unquote bad things that happened to me. I can still see the blessing in them. So I had an appointment with this woman. I had made it on like Sunday or something like that. And she was supposed to do my hair, I believe on Wednesday morning. And even though she was supposed to do my hair, I still had other feelers out to see, you know, who else knew who could do my hair or a person that could do my hair. And so 
What happened was we had an appointment and this woman had quoted me a price and this price seemed kind of high, but I was still like, you know, whatever. This is Vegas. I don't know prices here for that. You know, I know what I paid before when I was in Phoenix, but I don't know what prices are in Vegas, but it did seem a little bit high. So then Wednesday morning, I'm supposed to get my hair done at like 930 a.m. So I had to wake up at eight. So I'm up at eight. And all of a sudden, I get a message from this lady on Instagram. The lady is supposed to do my hair. And she says, unfortunately, I had a family emergency and I'm going to have to cancel your appointment. So I was very frustrated, but I was outwardly cool with her. I was just like, all right, cool. Well, I hope, you know, everything's all right with your family. And then I posted about it on my story. I was like, I'm kind of annoyed because I was supposed to get my hair done today. So then another friend hit me up and said that the other, that her friend could actually do it for significantly less than the other lady had quoted me, which I hadn't told her what the other lady had quoted me. But, you know, she just said, you know, this is the price my friend can do it for. So I said, OK, the only reason I'm not saying the price is because... I will recommend this person for other people to get their hair done by her. And I don't like to ever say what I what I pay people for things because I don't want people to expect that same price for them because maybe their prices go up or maybe they just have a different amount they need or maybe they just decide their time is worth the different amount at that time. And so I don't ever like to say what it is that I pay people unless you're a really good friend of mine and we're having like, you know, just regular chat. But Anyway, so um, she said that she could do it for significantly less than I was going to get my hair done by the other lady. So that's already a good thing. I go and I meet her. She's great. She's cool. She does my hair. She doesn't use any fake hair, which I didn't know that because, you know, other times I've had my hair done, they've added fake hair in and they said because of my hair texture, since, you know, I'm not black, the different texture, they had to put fake hair into it so that it makes sure that it stays. And I didn't know that that's a part of the reason that different times I've done it. It's been super itchy. It was until another friend of mine told me that, yeah, that fake hair will make your head itch sometimes. And so I was like, oh, I didn't I never knew that. But anyway, so this woman told me I don't use any fake hair. It's all natural hair. Uh, I only do natural hair braiding. And I was like, OK. And I was like, well, I was just told that that makes texture like mine stay. And she was like, yeah, no, I've got certain products that I can use in your hair to make sure that it stays. So she did it. My hair stayed. It's a little loose in the back right now, if you can tell, but that's because I've been doing two hours of cardio every day and I could still have it be better than this if I used a do-rag when I'm working out, but I like uh, Walmart was out of do-rags, Sally's was out of do-rags, and so I wasn't able to get another one, but like when I'm working out, because I have a do-rag that I sleep with and I also sleep on a satin pillow so that, you know, pillowcase so that my braids don't get loose or whatever. Um, but when I, I interlace my fingers to do my, when I do stair climber. So, you know, I do 30 minutes of stair climber. And when I'm doing that, my hands will stick because of the sweat to the back of my hair. And so that pulls the braids loose. But I also knew that I only had to have this last for like a week to nine days. Other times I let it stay in for like two weeks total or maybe 15 days at a different point. But anyway, so um, so that's why it's loose. But really, she did a really great job and I really liked her. Not only is she black, she's also lesbian. And since she quoted me so much less than the other lady gave me, I gave her a 100% tip. You know, I tipped her exactly what it was I was paying her 
to do my hair. So that's a win-win in my opinion. And like, that's why I say life works out well. And if there's any time that you want to get tipped well, it's during Christmas time, especially with a lot of us. Well, pretty much all of us are still recovering from COVID. That's what I would say is everything's still slow. And Vegas right now is slow, slow. So that was a good situation. And there's a lot of times where people mistake like the fact that I'm bitchy for being like completely heartless and I guess I'm kind of to blame for that because of the way that I joke and I don't plan to change the way that I joke because I don't really care about the words that come out of my mouth as much as I care about my actions. Like there was a point where I was being vilified when I lived in L.A. because I had said that I didn't think that a $15, you know, mandatory minimum wage should be instated because I thought that the fast food chains, especially like McDonald's, the big ones, we're just going to automate a lot of those jobs and get rid of people because I had already seen them starting to do the kiosk, which if you didn't see when they were testing the kiosk, um, you know, and then in China also, because, uh, you know, I've been to China three times now, they also have a very automated system. So they have fewer employees in store. And so I thought they were going to do something like that, which eventually was going to screw people because then they completely lose their jobs. So that became people saying that I was against people getting $15 or getting a livable wage. No, I'm not against that at all. The way that I think that I can make up for that or we can make up for that because I personally can't make up for it myself. But like every time I go for fast food, I always tip the drive through person because I pretty much only do drive through. And so I always tip the drive through person because I feel like if everybody were to tip the drive through person, then we could make it so they make more than $15 an hour or at least $15 an hour. So maybe I don't do things the way people would want me to do them or I don't say things the way that people want me to say them. But that doesn't mean that I have bad intentions or I'm not a good person. But I'm also not super anxious to let everybody know that I'm a good person because when people think you're a good person, then they try to take advantage of you. So I'm fine with people thinking that I'm a little bit of an asshole, but I'll tell you guys because you're my botherinas and you're my friends and I feel like with a lot of you, I built up enough of a relationship that I know you're not going to try to take advantage of me or I know you're not going to do anything. And what would be to take advantage of as far as you guys go? I don't even get to see a lot of you in regular life. A lot of you are just my friends through the internet. And I don't have people hitting me up in my DMs being like, can I borrow money? And my tattoos, I want to do different story times about the different tattoos that I have because I think a lot of those are misunderstood too and I don't mind showing them to you guys I don't mind you guys seeing them but I don't feel like explaining them right now because I think I can do little individual stories to explain all of them but I will tell you that this one was the one that I got first the you know like as far as in the last two weeks and then I got this one I like the design, but it really was just to create balance because when I just had this one, I felt like with having two under my eyes, it looked kind of silly if I just had one over my eyebrow. So it is what it is. And like I said, I don't mind explaining all of it, but in general, like the tattoos on my face aren't even a thing for me. I'm mean, like just the amount of tattoos I have aren't a thing for me. I guess some people are still kind of stuck in that old school thinking that, 
If you have too many tattoos that it's like society is going to look at you a certain way. And it has changed the way that cops deal with me. And I've talked about that before and I don't appreciate that. But at the same time, it is what it is. And what am I going to do? Not get tattoos because I'm worried that the police are going to perceive me in a certain way. Like, am I just going to live my life based on the way that I think that the police are going to perceive me? And maybe I don't want to deal with the police that much anyway. So... Like, why am I going to make them like a major factor in my life? Or maybe I feel like eventually my energy will just be strong enough that the police will understand that they're dealing with a good person in that situation, too. So I, I just don't I don't. I guess this episode is kind of hard for me to articulate a lot of things because my brain is really clearing out right now. I, I I've been sober for a week and a half. I think it is. And I'm very happy and very appreciative for everything in my life right now. Like I expressed that I was being a little bit of an ingrate on the last episode because I was upset because I had to move. And so I feel like anything you don't like in your life, you should change. And so I was like, okay, you wanted to move originally before I met Marty. I wanted to move. That's what it was. And then that opportunity just came to me. You know, and it really was like I manifested it. It just came to me at the perfect time. Like my roommate, my current roommate's uh, former roommate was supposed to move in, move out. And this at the same time that I was supposed to be moving out of my apartment where my lease was going to be up. And I just got hit up out of nowhere by this friend, you know, which I didn't particularly know my roommate. Like we had a good relationship when we did see each other. She worked for Alexis Park and, you know, we used to do the I used to do the show at Alexis Park, but we didn't know each other, know each other. And she just hit me up out of nowhere and was like, would you consider being a roommate with somebody? Because I'm looking for somebody and I want somebody responsible and somebody that's not all about party life and that kind of stuff. Somebody that's chill. I also have a dog. And, you know, she was like, uh, since she has a dog, she had read or heard, you know, that dogs live longer when they have a companion. And so it, with little Bijou, <laughs> which I love that silly dog. I'm looking at her right now, taking a bath on my couch, which she's not supposed to be doing. She knows she's supposed to well, now she's pretending to be asleep. I hate this little dog. But um, so, yeah, so she was like, I had heard that, you know, if dogs have a companion, then they're more likely to live longer and they're also happier. And so I was like, you know what? All the way around, I want to do this. So then I met Marty. And like I said, I wanted him to like move in with me and that kind of stuff. But and, you know, if he had moved in with me, like I wouldn't have like expected him to pay part of the rent like you know at my other apartment I would like you know he had expressed that if he did that he would want to but for me I wasn't thinking about that at all you know I was just like yeah just fucking come live with me if I stay in this apartment and so what happened was I was super excited to move here and then I get here and like my place was a mess. If you notice, I did go ahead and move things around, like I said, because I said I was going to put this so that the background was different because at the beginning of the last one, I did that short little thing and the, you know, it, there were two doors in the background. And so I had to move my room around. But that was also part of it because I had stuff in the way. And so I was like, well, why am I not happy here? And I was like, because nothing is functional. And so I was just like, okay, well, how can you make this place more functional, this room more functional? And so I just went ahead and shifted everything around and I grounded myself for a night. Last Thursday, I literally grounded myself like a child. I was like, okay, well, this apartment has to get clean. 
Nobody else is going to clean it. Well, this room has to get clean, get organized. Nobody else is going to do that for you. So I had to do Ocha that night, you know, the show that I, uh, the open mic that I guess I kind of run with AJ. AJ pretty much runs that open mic. And if he wants to completely take it over at some point, I'm fine with that. I, like for right. And we've had this discussion. I don't want him to go anywhere because I feel like he really is the heart of that show. Like I show up and close it out and I have the relationship with the owners right now, but the owners are beginning to know him better and better each week that we do it. So I really, you know, that's one thing I'm going to tell you guys I'm grateful for is not only AJ Rivera, but also just like, you know, or I should say not only AJ Rivera's friendship, but also just his presence. Because one thing I like about AJ is I don't call him all the time. But I do consider him a very good friend, but I don't call anybody all the time. Like you guys know, I have my best friend, my East Coast bestie, Renee. And I haven't talked to her in too long. Like, I'm probably going to call her after I finish recording this because I haven't talked to her in so many weeks now. And I don't like when we go for too long without talking to each other. You know, like, we already have to not see each other because she's in New Jersey and I'm in Las Vegas. But my thing is with AJ, I just feel like he's such a positive influence. Like, when I do call him and say I have a problem because, like... I called him when me and Marty were, you know, starting to have problems and stuff like that. And he's just very good about being like, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? And he really does a good job of putting it back on me, which is, as a grown man, what I need and what I should do, you know, because like, yeah, I could go to AJ and be like, you know, well, what do you think I should do? And every once in a while, I will ask him, what do, you, what do you think I should do? Just as an outsider, what do you think the best course of action is? But And he'll, you know, give me what he thinks the best course of action is. And it's great. It's always been great, you know, anytime he has. But at the same time, a lot of times he'll put it back on me. And he uses the words, uh, the word accountability a lot, which is a lot of what's missing in a lot of the people that I've had problems with, you know, and not, not to put it all on them in that way, but like, you know, there's a point which you guys have seen on the different episodes where it's like, okay, well, I'm not as sad about that. I don't care about that anymore. I can see where it was, like maybe I didn't handle it the best and how I can handle it better in the future. And that was without AJ's help. You know, that was before I met AJ that I was already doing that. I've always looked at things that way or, you know, after a certain age, I always looked at things that way. And so for me, I, I'm big on accountability. So, but I'm also human. So every once in a while, I want to just be mad at other people and just be like, no, it's because that person is an asshole. But it's like, no, maybe you are a little bit of an asshole, too. So let's take a little bit of accountability for what our fault was in the whole situation or how we could have handled it better. And then let's work from there instead of just expecting them to change or thinking. And then if they change or if they don't change, either way, I grow from the situation and if they choose not to grow from it, if they choose not to take responsibility or accountability, then that's on them, you know, and that's not really for something for me to worry about. But then my side of the street is definitely clean. And when I told AJ about, you know, me with smoking weed, he was supportive of it because, you know, I've had friends do that to me one on one. There was a point. Um, this was several years ago because I go through this weed thing every once in a while because sometimes 
and I guess this makes me sound like an addict, but at the, at the same time, like, I feel like even though you don't technically get addicted to weed, I feel like there are addict behaviors that can go with it, um, you know, because like something that happens with addicts and also people with mental illness is that when it comes to people with mental illness, a lot of times they'll start taking their meds and things will get really great. You know what I mean? Or like normal where normal, you know what I mean? And so they'll start feeling good. They'll feel like, OK, life is working out right now. And then they'll stop taking their meds because they feel like they're quote unquote fixed, not realizing that it's the meds that are improving the quality of their life and letting them do what it is they're supposed to be doing or allowing them to feel like things are looking up. Fortunately, the gym are my meds, you know, like I've talked about that before, like I will go through depression if I don't work out. I don't have to work out two hours a day. But like, you know, if I don't work out, if I don't have like if I'm not staying healthy, then that will also play on my mental. And so with me, it's like I have to be honest with myself that every time that I start smoking weed, something like things start falling apart again. I'm just not built for it. But then, you know, and same happens with alcoholics. But then there's just times where you want to feel normal. You know, you want to be like everybody else. Everybody else is smoking weed. Every Look at them. They're having so much fun right now smoking weed. And and I'll, I'll smoke weed and I'll have fun with it for a couple of days. And then before I know it, I'm right back to feeling like shit. And I don't particularly feel paranoid on it. It's not like that kind of situation. Technically, I have had some good times on weed. So that's like the other part. You know what I mean? Because I am really. But then also, that's just me being an entertaining person because I am an entertaining person. I am. I, uh, you know, it's not lost on me how fun I am. And so I, I know what it is I bring to the table in the way of fun. But it's just eventually the weed will make it. So I'm literally walking around my apartment in circles because I don't know what it is I'm supposed to do. And everything's coming into my head at once. You know what I mean? Like you're supposed to shoot content. You're supposed to clean your apartment. You're supposed to take Bijou for a walk. And then before I know it, hours have been spent and nothing has been done. Or maybe I walk Bijou. Bijou, go to your bed if you got to take a bath, please. And don't side eye me, young lady. She knows I'm recording my podcast right now. Well, she knows I'm busy. So she does what she wants when I'm busy. Bijou, go to your bed. Hey, go to your bed. Thank you, pretty girl. I'll give you treats after. But yeah, so, you know, I mean, like, it's, it's just... It doesn't work out for me that way. So right now I need to be completely sober. I'm supposed to get my hair done in a couple of days. I'm going to, well, let me not spoil the surprises, but I got to take this out and, you know, that'll be on like Thursday. And then maybe I'll get it done again because I plan to keep working out the way that I'm working out. It originally was going to be just until... New Year's Eve, like that was kind of the challenge that I was doing with the two hours and really, but I think I'm going to keep that up until my birthday. And then once my birthday hits, then I'll go ahead and bring it back down to 
an hour. I just want to see what I'm able to do. I've talked to you guys about that before. Like sometimes I just like to see what it is I can do with my body. And it's like a fun project for me. She's dying over there. I don't know if you guys heard that, but I hate this dog. Anyway, so um, are you all right? Okay. And so, uh, you know, I just sometimes I just like to see what it is I can do with my body. And so I'll, you know, work out as hard as I can and I'll really watch my diet and I'll just do everything as close to perfect as I possibly can. But, you know, the problem that I have problems with is my diet and it's not the, you know, like eating too much or overeating it's a problem of not eating enough because well one there's the you know the body dysmorphia which i eventually plan to talk about a bit more but i don't know how much i'll be able to talk about that because of social media you know social media will throttle your stuff and not let as many people see it if they think you're kind of advertising an unhealthy lifestyle in that way or an unhealthy mental. And I'm not at all. It's just I definitely do own that part of myself. And one thing that I tell other people that have body dysmorphia is, you know, a lot of times body dysmorphia will manifest itself in, you know, when it comes to diet in like bulimia or anorexia. And a lot of times I tell people that also suffer from body dysmorphia if you have the self-discipline to have an eating disorder, you have the self-discipline to stick to a diet. But with me, what will happen sometimes is I'll eat less than I should just because I don't really like eating, which sounds sounds weird to people. Like Marty couldn't wrap his head around that, um, the fact that I just don't like eating that much. But I just don't, you know, I mean, like, and it's been like that for quite a while now. When I was younger, I used to eat a lot of fast food and that kind of stuff. But now fast food doesn't have the same appeal for me. But I also had a similar thing happen with like hardcore drugs when I did hardcore drugs, you know, because like when I was young, I had a metabolism that just was out of this world great. And so I could eat anything I wanted and I would be fine. I didn't gain any weight. And so I was also at that time an escort, you know, so I had access to as much money as I wanted. I could eat anything that I wanted. I could eat at a nice restaurant. I could eat at a shitty restaurant. A lot of times I would just stop and get fast food somewhere because it didn't affect my body in a negative way. And I really, like I said, did like fast food at that time. So I really ate as much fast food as I wanted to when I was younger. So for me there and I I feel like with different types of addictions and stuff like that it's like that for people you know where they talk about chasing the dragon. Well, some people never have enough money to do as many drugs as they want to do or can do in order to see like the actual dragon. You know, so they're chasing the dragon. Where with me like not only was I an escort, I've spent hardly any money on drugs and I did a lot, you know, like I like Coke um, wasn't my favorite drug, but I did plenty of Coke because I knew people that would that were dealers. And so um, like I did the story about that guy, Frank, when we were doing his Coke and I kept grabbing the plate and he had his gun and was like, you know, threatening me with his gun. And I was just like, shut up. You're not going to shoot me. And uh, which is insane when you think about it now. But, you know, it's still a funny story to me. But, um, you know, I did as much Coke as I wanted to. I mean, like I did lots of Coke and then um, the speed 
when I was living in Phoenix, my best friend was a speed dealer and he always liked to smoke it. Like that was his thing, you know, like the little meth ball or whatever and you'd smoke it. And I was a kid at the time, you know, I was under 21 at that time. I want to say I was like 19. And since my best friend was a dealer and I also think he wanted to hook up with me, which didn't really dawn on me until the end of our friendship when he started getting weird with me. But it, it hadn't because I was so naive and new to being gay. And that was right before that was right when I was starting to be an escort. And so I wasn't like I was still very naive and I was still pretty innocent. And I still didn't even know the dynamics of the way that all that worked out in the gay community. And um, which one day I'll talk about that. And it's one of the reasons that I have a lot of disillusionment with the gay community. Um, but also being a sex worker, you see the worst side of everybody. I feel like, uh, well, kind of. Yeah, I don't think that's an untrue statement, even though escorting was good for me. But um, <laughs> at the same time, I I, uh, I think that's part of the reason that I have trust issues, you know, because I got hired by so many men that were like married or in long-term relationships, you know, cause not everybody was straight, but there were plenty of straight married men um, that would hire me. And then there were also plenty of guys like, you know, that had boyfriends and their boyfriends were either at work or whatever. And so they would hire me or, you know, they're on vacation and they would talk to me all about their lives. And I, I met a lot of really nice people, but it, I think that that made me kind of not trust people. And that's one thing that I've had in not, well, almost every relationship. The, it's like I say, that one when I was engaged really messed me up because I had finally got in that groove because he really had put that out of my head. And I had finally got in that groove where I was like, okay, this guy doesn't cheat on me. This guy isn't going to cheat on me. And then I completely let my guard down. I went on the road as much as I had to. I completely trusted him. And then towards the end when we were breaking up, I found different like evidence and stuff that he probably was cheating on me. So, you know, then with Marty, I would like I wasn't as bad as maybe I've been in the past, but I, I still would ride him a little bit about that, you know, or give him a hard time or ask him more than I should. And I'm probably sharing way too much about myself and my insecurities right now and kind of where of it. You know, like I said, you know, it's all about accountability and God damn it. Why can't I own any of this? You know, or why can't people in general? I think more of us would be better off if we just were able to be honest about things and say you know what there's certain ways that i'm insecure there's certain ways that i don't trust people and i don't tell you guys as a way of excusing it i don't tell you guys as a way of dismissing it i don't tell you guys as a way of saying that i'm going to continue to do it i'm saying that these are things that i'm working on and maybe if there's even one person that just listened to this podcast out of nowhere or if you're a botherina and you listen to this podcast and you're like i do that too maybe i should knock it off if ty's going to knock it off maybe i should knock it off or Maybe I should at least be honest with myself that it's even happened or it's even happening or that that's a part of the reason that my relationship is so miserable. Because every time anybody thinks about their relationships, relationships being miserable, it's always like looking out. You know what I mean? It's always like he does this or she does that. And it's like, well, what about you? What do you do to make the relationship miserable? What do you do to make yourself miserable? Because one thing I know that I do is, like I said, sometimes I will be too insecure about the fact that I think somebody's going to cheat on me and 
yeah, you guys didn't ever meet Marty and you didn't ever see us together. I could play video of us together together. But like, you know, oh, God damn, we have a lot of video, which I like I had to clear video to look at this, which I'm not clearing those because they're good for another time. But like if you knew how into each other we were when we first got together and like definitely when we first got together, it was more him into me. You know what I mean? Like he was super, super into me. And then at a point he did something and like that, I will admit there was one thing that he did that made me kind of insecure. And I, to I, cause I told him in the beginning and you know, that's introducing negativity in the relationship. And maybe I shouldn't have done that in the first place. But like when I first started hanging out with him I was like look I don't really care what you do because we didn't have any agreement of ex exclusivity you know in the very beginning obviously and I was like I don't really care what you do um, I'm not going to ask you a lot of questions about that stuff you know I had chosen to delete my grinder like I said because I felt like I was wasting time on it but um, you know we talked a bit about that and I, I told him in the beginning uh, when I deleted my grinder because, uh, you know, he had asked something about it or said something about it. And I was like, yeah, I deleted my grinder. I don't care if you delete your grinder or not. I don't expect you to. I just met you. There's no expectation of you deleting your grinder. The only thing I ask is don't ever lie to me. Just, you know, don't lie to me and don't try to make me jealous. And he was honest with me about the fact that sometimes when he's dating somebody or, you know, spending time with someone that he does kind of like to make them jealous. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm just asking you to please not do that to me because you won't like jealous me. Like it's not a good situation. It's not a fun situation. And once my brain starts going that way, then it's kind of hard. It's it's almost like a spiral, you know, like and I've ruined relationships that way. And, you know, sometimes it was warranted and sometimes it was a hunch. And that's something that I have to own, you know. But do I care about that? I care about it in the way that I want to grow and move forward and I want my relationships in the future to be healthier. And I do feel like every relationship does get healthier. Just like I've told you guys before, every relationship, I feel like even with Marty, you know, every relationship I have, no matter how short it is, is closer to exactly what it is I'm looking for. The person that I'm with is closer to exactly what I'm looking for. And so the same is happening with me along the way, too, though, is like as I move through these relationships, I become a better person. I become a better partner. I learn about more about myself. And so I make the adjustments, you know, but um, there was a particular night that Marty had and it was when we first got together and he was he had said that he was going to hang out with a friend of his and it was a male friend, a gay male friend, which, you know, we all have gay male. If you're gay, man, you probably have gay friends. Straight people even have gay friends now. Um, I'm a lot of times a gay friend. But um, I had and I don't want to sound like I'm blaming him. Like, you know, maybe it was just a young people mistake or whatever. But, you know, I being the jealous guy I am asked him, well, have you ever hooked up with this friend before? And he was like, yeah. And at this point, we had talked about exclusivity and we had kind of agreed to exclusivity. And so I did care, you know, about that. And I did have a question. And so I asked him, I was like, have you ever hooked up with this friend before? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, how long ago? And he was like, well, the last time we had any kind of sexual relationship was probably like, I think he said it was either two or four months ago. 
And I wasn't 100% comfortable because I know how guys are, gay and straight. You know, if they've had sex with you before and then you hang out with them, there's a good chance they're going to want to have sex again. But, you know, I knew I was new to relationship and new to the relationship. And I also wanted to not be that guy. I wanted to be better. So I was like, all right, cool. Well, you know, if you say that you're not going to do anything because he was like, you don't have to worry about that. I'm only into you. I don't want to be with anybody else. And so, you know, like he made me feel better that way. And so I was like, okay, cool. And I had to be out that night too. You know, that was one of the nights that I was going to Chanclas. And so um, he hits me up later on because, you know, they were going out for drinks, you know, as friends. They were going to a bar for drinks. And then he hits me up later on at a, from a 7-Eleven and he sends me like a picture of like the cooler, you know, the uh, and he's like, we're going to get alcohol so that we can go back to my place. And maybe I'm immature, but at that point I wasn't comfortable because I was like, you're going back to your place to drink at your apartment with the guy that you've had sex with. Like in my head, it was like, this is feeling kind of like a date to me, you know, and then he sent me another text a little while later because I was being cool about that, even though I didn't feel cool about it. And it was, you know, giving me knots in my stomach. But I was still trying to be cool about it. I was like, all right, well, you know, in my head, because I just in, you know, on text, I was just like, oh, cool, you know. But in my head, I was like, I'm not really liking the way this feels. And then he hit me up and said that something about that guy was getting weird with him because he wanted to f like, you know, like he wanted to have sex or something like that. And I like at that point in my head, I was just like, OK, one. Why are you even out with this guy? And two, why are you giving me a blow by blow? Just playing. Um, but why are you like giving me all these details about this situation? Like, why don't you just handle it the way that you're supposed to handle it, which is to obviously get rid of this guy or be very clear with him that you're not having sex with him and let it all happen without me ever hearing about it. Why am I getting text messages and updates that are making me uncomfortable and making me feel like, I'm not like I just wasn't liking the situation. And so that stoked my jealousy. And then from there on, you know, it was like I told him, I told him, like, don't make me jealous because then I just stay in that way. And so, you know, there were, there wasn't like our whole relationship was miserable from that point on, but there definitely was plenty of me feeling insecure and jealous. And I feel like he shouldn't have done that, um, especially since I was so honest with him. But also, like I said, when you're dealing with the 24 year old, it's like they're not always going to, you know, they're still going to think certain things are cute like that, like, you know, making you jealous, even though. Um, but I also don't think that he was prepared because, you know, I wasn't mean to him about it, but I just it's just not it's not a part of me that I like. And so maybe I need to be single and, you know, work on that or figure out how I'm going to handle it. But then there's also part of me that feels like, why did you do that? And so, like, you know, and again, I'm being more honest right now than I probably should. And I um. I'm going to upload this, but I don't know how comfortable I am with with the amount that I'm talking about, you know, my insecurity and in relationships and what I do wrong in them. But it is what it is. You know, I mean, like, 
I'd like to say, like, let's make it a pact for nobody to bring this up or nobody to say anything, but that's not how the internet works, and I know that, you know? I mean, like, I've said so many things on the internet now, right now or by now that have gotten thrown in my face in different ways and taken out of context, and... I guess that, too, I really don't care about too much, you know? Just because... Like I know me and I know my thinking like there was one point where everybody was trying to say I was racist because I said I said I didn't agree with Black Lives Matter's tactics and so that I didn't support Black Lives Matter as an organization. Well, some people would say it's not an organization, but whatever it is, I don't support their tactics. So I'm not down with Black Lives Matter. But as far as and I've always been clear about this part, too, as far as the sentiment Black Lives Matter, I very much do agree with the sentiment that black lives do matter. So I agree with the words. I agree with the sentiment. I just don't agree with the movement. But people got mad at me and started calling me racist. But it was not black people that were mad at me because I articulate things well enough when I'm talking to people of color that like, you know, I voted for Trump and people don't hold that against me. Other people of color don't hold that against me. One, because I know plenty of other people of color that also voted for Trump, but also because I very much am willing to have those conversations with them and tell them why. And I've had plenty of people tell me, look, I still would never vote for Trump, but I definitely do understand why you did it and what your thinking was and how you're not the average Trump supporter. And I also won't play with them and act like I don't know what they mean when they say the average Trump supporter, because there was a guy in the Wells Fargo not too long ago that was obviously a Trump supporter. And he was asking the bank teller, who's obviously Latino, you know, I was at the one in my neighborhood, which, you know, has a pretty decent Latino population. And he was like, you know, so you know about the caravans, right? You know about the illegals coming over. And he's like asking him and like in my head. I'm just like, one, why is this guy even talking about this at the bank? Like, who cares? And he did literally bring it up out of nowhere because I was, you know, like maybe two behind him in line. So I was like within earshot of everything he was saying. And he was like, um, he was like, how many of these people do you think is are educated? And he was really trying to grill that guy. And I just was like, this is what gives Trump supporters a bad name all the way around, which I understand when people say, well, the things Trump says himself are all right. Well, whatever. You know, like I've already said, I have fun with the, some of the things Trump says. So I'm not just going to act like I didn't like I didn't vote for him. And there wasn't a re there was fun involved with it, as I've said before. And one day maybe I'll do a whole video about that. Like, you know, why? Um, cause like I said, I've talked to people of color about it, other people of color about it. And I've even done other podcasts and like back in the day, I used to talk about it a bit on this podcast, but I never like gave a point by point, which I know I could do within an unbothered, you know, an hour or whatever. But there's also a part of me that's, that's (laughs) over trying to make people understand me in a way you know um like if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time or any amount of time none of this is news to you so it's not like i have to make you guys understand it or explain it to you it is what it is and 
you know, you guys for the most part get me and get why it is that I've done certain things or said certain things, but some people don't. And I'm, I'm like pretty all right with that too. In a lot of cases, you know, what I'm not all right with though, is the shot. Like I'm going to end up fixing that, like moving this around a little bit, but I think this is pretty close to the way that I want it. It's just not a hundred percent perfect as far as like what I consider perfect. Which even that, I've given up on trying to find real perfection in anything. You know, things are always going to be flawed, especially when it comes to me. If you live a perfect life or you know any gays that live a perfect life, more power to you, more power to them. But me personally, I'm just not going to be a perfect person. It's not going to happen. It's not in the cards, baby. Um, I will make progress on everything, but I will never be 100% perfect. And so... What I was saying was, just in general, because it's almost time for us to land the plane now, it's, it's almost time for the dismount, is that even though, I'll see what this one sounds like, but I'm still going to upload it because I want you guys to see this because I think this is a very important part of the process, you know, like my brain like actually clearing out and me being honest about my insecurities and being honest. And one day we'll talk about uh, plastic surgery, which I know I've talked about it in brief spurts on different episodes or whatever, but that doesn't come from, or my initial start with plastic surgery didn't come from the kind of insecurity that people always accuse me of where they're like, you know, you must've hated your face and you must've really thought you were ugly and whatever else. And I was like, Bitch, I was beautiful. That's uh, all I made money off of was my look. Like, you know, I was a fucking whore and a good one. Like one that said no a lot, which is one of the tricks to actual prostitution, if you must know. A no will make you more money than a yes. And sometimes I think about talking about that, but, you know, there's that old saying, the game is to be sold and not to be told. And I, like... I really do agree with that saying because anytime you try to talk to regular people, because, you know, I'll do jokes about it and stuff like that, and I'll touch on it a little bit in different sets. But anytime you really try to break down the dynamics of that for regular people, they never get it. They can't wrap their brains around it. You know, they, and so I think that's why this, they say the game is to be sold and not to be told because if you're, telling it to another person that's in the life, you know, another escort or a person that wants to be an escort or a person that's really, you know, going to buy it from you, you know, they're doing something, you know, then um, they're going to listen to it with a different understanding where if you just tell somebody, uh, you know, that doesn't have any interest or whatever or isn't going to try it or hasn't done it, then they'll always judge you. They'll all eventually you'll see their jaw drop. I don't talk to boyfriends about it like that. I'll give them the general. I'll tell them that I was a sex worker before because I feel like that's an important thing to disclose for some people. And so I'm not going to pretend that I don't understand why it is I should tell people, even though it's been years since I've done it, but I still feel like it's an important part of my history and also so they can get a better understanding of the way I am. But you know, back in the day, I used to try to explain it to them and tell them the dynamics of it and how it all worked. And there would always be a change at some point and it would change our relationship altogether. But anyway, the point is of all this or the, the most important thing is uh, for anybody to take away is right now. 
I am very, very happy. To the point where I, like, had a true, like, I was overwhelmed by gratitude earlier tonight. And it was just because it was silly. Because, um, like, one of the main things about my old apartment that I didn't like, because I really did love my apartment and a lot of things about it. And I would have stayed there if the management hadn't been so stupid. But one of the things that I really... Um, didn't like about my old apartment was that we had community laundry and so we had to go to like you know the on-site laundry but like there wasn't laundry in my unit or a washer and dryer in my unit and so this apartment one of the things that drew me to it was there is a washer and dryer and earlier I was washing clothes and I was getting ready to go to the gym and I just thought to myself you know I'm so thankful that right now I can leave clothes in the washer or the dryer and just go to the gym and I don't have to think about that. And that made me so happy. And not just that, you know, because it was everything hitting me at once. Because, you know, sometimes everything will hit you at once in a bad way, which I've definitely had that happen too. But um, sometimes everything hits you in a good way, you know, because like the situation with Marty even like, yeah, maybe we're not meant to be boyfriends. Uh, maybe one day we'll hook up. I don't know. Like that part, I don't know. And I'm not like assigned to any kind of ending on that. We've only known each other for maybe a month and a half now. Yeah, I think it's like a month and a half that we've known each other. Total. And so like, you know, who knows what's going to happen with that. Also, he's 24. So and but I know that I'm happy that I met a talented photographer they can do what it is I want as far as that goes. So, like, am I going to be upset about the fact that we're not in an actual relationship or that, you know, maybe I just met somebody that's going to be able to have a good working friendship with me? Because I know that we're like, we still joke. We're still stupid when we talk on the phone, you know, because we've had to talk on the phone in the last couple of days to figure out scheduling things. And we were trying to figure out a place to shoot. We ended up, you know, finding a place to shoot and figuring that out. But like there was a lot going on. And also, you know, like since he's going to be doing it here in Vegas for me and he's not going to have all the equipment that he has when he's in Reno, then, you know, I needed to give him specs and tell him what the people or the person that because, you know, there was a couple different options that we were going to do. And then there's also like props that I need. And so like we've had to talk on the phone quite a bit and we're silly and we have fun. And so, you know, the fact that we're able to be friends like that, like to me is very fun and very cool. So am I going to be upset about the fact that he's not my boyfriend or going to be, am I going to be happy about the fact that I have a friend that can actually do my pictures for me and I can, you know, have a fun relationship with them. You know, when it comes to my situation with the Las Vegas comedy scene, I still have a lot of friends on the Las Vegas comedy scene. So do I see it as a loss that certain people don't like me or there's certain shows that I don't do anymore? Not really, because now I can work on shooting more content. I don't feel like I'm at all spinning my wheels when I go to the gym because that's an important part of what it is I'm trying to lead up to and what it is I want to show people and what it is I want to be able to do in general. So Everything is a win. Everything is good. And right now, I'm just at that point where, like I said, my brain is just starting to fire on all cylinders again. And I'm really liking that part, too. I'm really liking feeling myself coming back to life. I'm really liking feeling my confidence come back because, like I said, with the insecurity and stuff like that when I'm smoking weed, like I really do 
Like, you know, even the way that I handled the situation with Marty, I would have been way more secure in everything if I hadn't been smoking weed at that time because I know me, I know my brain, and I know the way that I'll just be like, you know, this doesn't matter, that doesn't matter. I'm very good at filtering out what does and doesn't matter as long as I stay 100% sober and I'm not smoking weed. So this is not an anti-weed episode at all if you smoke weed and it works for your life continue smoking weed and continue enjoying yourself smoke joints for me smoke blunts for me smoke bowls for me smoke bongs for me you know what i mean like do everything you do for me but uh you know i just personally can't do it but i'm very thankful for everything that's happening in my life right now and i'm very happy and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and i will go through and edit certain parts not anything important though i'll tell you what i'm going to edit is sometimes i breathe a little too hard and i sound like i'm winded and maybe i am winded from all the smoking cigarettes but damn it you guys i already said i'm not going to be perfect now Stop bothering me. The name of the uh, the name of the podcast is unbothered and you guys are really putting the pressure on me and it's bothering me. So whatever you do, stay unbothered.